Baptist. Welcome to Mike the Baptist. Uh, we're back. Glad you're back. It all works better when everybody shows up. So, Mike, you you have this idea of getting the word shrinkle. Oh, I'm all I'm all about it in the dictionary. Yes. Um, I was just curious, and I googled it. Um, you Google shrinkle? I googled no. shrinkle, and no. Collins Dictionary says an object that is both shriveled and wrinkled, <laughs> i.e., a prune. It's in the dictionary already. It's in the dictionary already. You you gotta. This buzz is your, devastating. You gotta buzz yourself because. Well, let me say the word shrinkle, and then I'll buzz myself. Shrinkle. Both shriveled and wrinkled. So we're going to have to come up with something else. Well, I can do it, so just give me a little time. That's really in there already, shrinkle. Is it in Merriam-Webster's, or is it in one of these urban? Well, it was in Collins Dictionary. That's a, That's a, a legitimate one. Dude. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, I like Wikipedia, anybody can put anything on Wikipedia. Collins used to date Merriam back in the day. They is that up, true? Came, yeah. They competed to get the show. Gosh. I know that does. I, I think that has some wheels. I feel a little deflated with. now. I feel shrinkled. <laughs> oh well. Well, let me just say this about. Uh, uh. Let me just say this about evolution. <laughs> what? Well, in the green room, the conversation came up about evolution, and I said, "Don't get me started," because sometimes I get a little riled up when I get thinking about evolution. I don't get riled up because uh, you know I see where a lot of that can fit into the natural order of god's creation so i don't get riled up about that what i do get riled up about is uh people trying to take creation out of evolution picture all i'm going to say is if that theory of evolution was true as many people as go to the lake on sunday instead of going to church there would be a species of humans with gills and i don't see that that's all i'm going to say well, that makes sense why you were trying to pick uh, Nance out of Jason's hair in the green room, but okay. <laughs> well, when did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're so, that's so built into your DNA, you didn't even notice it. Right. When did this of, happen? Hey, listen, go to, go to the Smithsonian and go go through the, uh, which which museum is it that natural has all history. the natural history? And go back in the back corner, back in there where they have all the heads of the uh, earliest humans and apes and all that and just go back there because it's highly entertaining what's most entertaining is the is how hard they are trying uh to depict a story uh that man was not created it's this highly entertaining that part of it and there's some guys in there that look like people i grew up with back in arkansas too which is kind of odd because i mean they kind of odd but um. Uh, so, <clears throat> I don't know what happened already on this one, but it's okay. It's all in big fun. And I think uh, this train derailed. This train derailed, but yeah. we're going to get her back on track because we're going to actually talk about something on the front porch talk today that has a little bit of sincerity to it. And it doesn't hurt to do that once in a while, I guess, because we cut up quite a bit in here and I think that's fine too but i thought it'd be nice to talk about uh you know your grandparents have this big influence on your life uh and i thought it'd be interesting to talk about what uh, you guys believe that you might have inherited by way of the nature of who you are and how you are from your grandparents you know like attributes or 
stuff like that. Am I, is, does that make sense? I, th- I thought it'd be interesting to talk about because everybody has this story, and they all have to be somewhat different. Uh, seems like grandparents all share these few traits. You know, they seem to be kind of fairly stable people, really wise, laid back. You know, kind of got the answers for things. But there's something deeper about them that people. Uh, in fact, I'll start uh, because uh, I think about my grandparents raised me. They were my parents. So I was raised by a set of people that were a generation or two behind, you know, ahead of me. They come from the uh, – my granddad was in World War II. He's a veteran of that. Um, he was born in 1919, so I guess they were alive during the Depression and all that. But anyway, uh, these two people – uh, I don't know that they met many strangers, and my granddad especially just loved going. He liked to get in the car and go. He wanted uh, other people to go with him. He he liked uh, whatever happened, he liked. He just wanted to be there and be involved. He was a happy-go-lucky, uh, and she was too. They were always laughing and giggling about something. You know, they get mad once in a while, but everybody gets mad. But So I find myself in my world uh, – appreciating that I think I have some of those traits and I'm trying real hard to have them uh, because I know they went through some difficult times uh, in some different ways. They went through some really difficult times and knowing that later all grown up and being able to uh, process that kind of information and look back on how they were anyway. I think last week we were talking about being content uh, Mm -hmm. in our in our talk about the stuff we found in the Bible, and uh, I look back on these two people, and uh, I say two people because I didn't have a second set because I never really knew who my biological father was. So I really didn't have a second set of grandparents. I had one set, and I was raised by them. Uh, It's a wonder I'm anywhere close to normal, but... That's not up for debate right now, so I know where you're going. But uh, but you're my mother from another. You brother, are being so be very generous in your description you of yourself. Your mother from, from a, another. Oh yeah, I said he's my mother from yeah, another. Yeah, you brother. did. So yeah. that's, you know, we're not going that direction. No, <laughs> we're, we're not. <laughs> anyway, I'm, so, I'm being very good right now. I want you to know. <laughs> I appreciate that about you. Yeah, we all appreciate that. Because anyway, anyway, so I, I look back on uh, how they were. They were so happy-go-lucky, and they were laughing, and and they just loved people, and they wanted to be around people, and uh, so if anything, that's what I hope I have uh, saved out of knowing my those two people, and and want to live out myself, because I think it's a very valuable thing that they they gave me and left me, and I think about it a lot. I think about it at night when I'm uh, in prayer. Yes, I do that. Uh, before I uh, go to sleep at night, almost every night they come up, mm. and they're just right there, and that just uh, their personalities and that happiness and that contentment—that's what it was—is is just there. So that's my story. Stick it to it. So as you know, everybody likes to make fun of my name. So HD, what what's HD stand for? <laughs> so Hughley Doyle. So I'm I'm actually named after both my grandparents, my granddads. And uh, and so on the Hughley side, so it's like my grandfather was Hughley Foster, my dad is Hughley Ted, I'm Hughley Doyle, and then Reed is Hughley Reed. And so we laugh and talk about 
the Hughley-isms in our, in our life. And so Hughley Foster, who was my grandfather, he was kind of, when I came along, he, he had uh, just kind of piddled in life. Like he, he'd go help somebody build a room or do a little carpentry work and that kind of stuff. So he kept a lot of stuff, you know. And when he died, I remember we went over to his we went over to his shop and we just grabbed everything, put it in buckets and stuff, and took it to my dad's barn. Sat in the back of the barn, probably there for twenty five years. We never went back and went through it. So a couple of years ago, I decided I'm gonna go through that stuff and decide what's worth keeping, what's what do we need to get rid of. We were back there, and I started opening up all these little boxes, which by this time the raccoons have left a lot of deposits on that and you had to clean everything off and it was like little pill bottles just full of like nails and then there'd be another bottle full of nails and then this bottle's full of tacks and everything well my wife just she's just back there hee-hawing i'm like what and she goes well there's another hugleyism and i'm like what are you talking about you know i get all defensive like what are you talking about and then i had to laugh at myself because every time we finish with a uh, peanut butter jar, a mayonnaise jar, or something. Especially now, because they're they're not glass. You know, just nice plastic jar. I make her wash them out, and I'll take them out there in the shop. You know, and I got <laughs> stuff all. She's like, well, you don't have pill bottles, but you got all these mayonnaise jars full of stuff. And uh, but like even like wood. I, I mean, I can cut a piece of wood and have a one foot piece left. And I stack it up. It's either in my shop or outside my shop. I keep it all. And they all just laugh at me, make fun. But every time we go to do a project, you know, it's like, where'd you get that lumber from? I mean, I don't, I don't go to Lowe's and buy a whole lot of lumber because I've got it. You know, I'm just stacking it. And so we built the kids, a, the grandkids, a treehouse this last year, and about ninety percent of that wood came from things that I'd torn down and barns and stuff that had fallen down. And I just kept all that stuff and and reused it. So that's my. That's, I'm, I'm like him in a lot of ways in that. That's neat. How do you spell Hoogly? Uh, yeah, Hugley. I know, right? H-E-W. H-E-W. Yeah, G-L-E-Y. Hoogly. Hoogly. Just like it sounds. Used to be a Hoogly's music shop in Nashville. It's really? actually a last name. Yep. Huh. H-D, thank you for making me feel better about myself. You're good, man. Because <laughs> you just described me. <laughs> I always feel guilty when I throw away those things. Cause you can nail the lead or the, the lid to the underside of a piece of wood. And then you just screw that in, and right. you can see what's inside there, and then you can unscrew it, pull it out, screw it back Wait up. Wait a minute, you can what? Yeah. Unscrew it and screw no, it back no, in. No, no, nail the, the you lid. You can put the nail, you can like screw the lid shelf. to the underside of a shelf, and then you can put everything in the the, the jar, drawer. and you can screw the lid and the jar back together. So Never it just hangs there, and it's, it's great. And then the wood everywhere, like, thank you for making me feel better about You're myself. Welcome. My great grandpa Lige would make you pull nails out of like old barns and tins, and then you would have to sit down on a block of wood or something and hammer every single one of them straight and put them in a jar. So I've just spent the last. Three <laughs> How old was weeks, your? I've just spent the last three weeks straightening nails that I pulled out of all this old lumber. Yep, isn't that fun? I don't home? go that far. <laughs> These are big nails. Though. I mean, it's like there's like I mean, oh, you can't oh. buy them anymore. Okay, They're well like maybe then. Spikes, you know, and I'm like, yep, I'm not. Well, yeah, that old. And matter of fact, I'm I mean, this is away. getting off topic, but if you're watching. I went out one Saturday morning when I didn't have anything to do, and I took an old guitar and stripped it down, painted it, and then I painted a flag on it. But that uh, bridge holding those strings on is uh, half of a horseshoe from my granddad's original home place 
his dad or granddad's home place. There's an old barn out there, log barn that's what's left of it. Uh, but that horseshoe, actually I think it was a mule shoe, uh, was cut in half, straightened out, and it was used as a hinge on the barn door. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I've still got that. I did not straighten that, or, but hmm. extra, that was a bonus. Good, Good bonus. Stuff. Good bonus. For me, uh, I'm pretty boring on this one. Uh, unfortunately, uh, two of my grandmothers and one of my grandfathers were dead before I was born. My living grandfather, I only saw him just a few times during my life. He died when I was young. Uh, he was a World War II veteran, and uh, he came back from the war. And my understanding is he came back with some difficult uh, habits uh, weren't weren't good form and stuff like that. So you do take after him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's some there's some issues, but uh, you know. So, but one thing that I do remember of him, uh, there's two big takeaways. One thing that I remember positive was that when I did get to see him, he always loved his family. Now I don't ever remember him having a home that we ever got to go visit him at. Uh, I don't remember anything like that. But when he'd come and visit us at a holiday there was always great love there so that was that's something that i've always held on to but the other thing is and it's kind of i uh, take it how you want to but seeing the negative things that were in his life are things that helped shape me you mm-hmm. know to not do mm-hmm. you know i've never had a drop of alcohol other than nyquil you know i've never smoked you know i've never abused drugs and things like that and a lot of that started at an early age because i saw that in his life mm-hmm. and i saw it, it destroyed his life so I guess those are some negatives that were positives right. to help guide me to not make some mistakes that, you know, Papa, I know, had made during his life. So that's about it for me. Papa, Papa, I actually called him Peepaw. Oh, my wife's uh, uh, dad, that's what they called him, Peepaw, old yep. grandkids. Yeah, and I loved it when I got to see Peepaw, but, you know, it's just, it just different. What uh, did they call your grandpa? I think it was Granddaddy. Granddaddy? That's what I. That's what I bucked for when I had grandkids. I wanted. I wanted to tag Grandpa. Grandma. Grandpa. Okay. No, 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 Grandpa. I know we're having some gender issues today, <laughs> yeah. but that's okay. Uh, isn't it funny though how you reach back and uh, stuff as you get older? You reach back. Um, my granddad also chewed Levi Garrett chewing tobacco. Oh, that yeah, the twig. Yeah, and yep. I I remember of course as a kid, you know, you'd sneak in there and try to get you some and all that, but just that smell, and then as an adult. I remember, I mean, something about this time of year, fall, maybe it's because the barns are smoking and stuff here in Robertson County, but I remember, you know, I'd go buy me a pouch of Levi Garrett and I'm out there mowing the yard and, and just, I don't know, just the flavor and the, and the smell just, just kind of reminded me. But then I had kids and they're like, you know, I felt like I was hiding that. And also I was like, I don't want to die of mouth cancer. Yeah. So I don't do that anymore, but it's, it's, it's there. There's a connection there for sure. Wow. Yeah. My other grandparents, they we had we had like I had both sets. Was very fortunate. So my dad's mom and dad, we called them like the country family. That was the country grandparents, and then we had the city grandparents, which they lived in Gullible, you know. <laughs> but they had a Dairy Queen, so they were up uptown. And when they would come up to visit, there was a time when you could get an NFL helmet full of ice cream. This is before I knew I had lactose problems, but they bring me a helmet full of ice cream. And I had all those stickers, and boy, I couldn't wait to get, you know, all these helmets and put those stickers on that and and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, I took away a lot of that stuff. My other granddad was a lion. He was a lion and uh, lions club and helped a lot of the blind and stuff like that. And 
you know. What the, what'd you call that set? I'm just curious about the names. We called them, uh, let me think, Nana. Nana. Nana and I guess Granddad. I think it was just Granddad, yeah. We're pretty. Uh, by the way, on a side note, uh, I have decided, and now especially since I can't get shrinkled in the dictionary because it's already in there, <laughs> that. Uh, I looked a little closer. Oh, wait, wait, it minute, was, wait, wait, wait. It's uh, not in there. It was rejected for lack of use. So you're saying there's a chance. Oh. We're back on, folks. The project is <laughs> but back But it has on. been presented to Collins Dictionary. It's just that they rejected it because there's not enough use. Well, how much sweeter print, would it be? So we could be the ones. Yes, how much sweeter it would it be to come riding in there and actually get it done? See, I wonder, like, you know, like Sheldon and then when they started using Bazinga, is that in the dictionary now? Because they just look it up for you. Bazinga? I bet Bazinga's not in press, You know, Bazinga. Mm-hmm. I don't know because they used that. that enough. I mean, they had shirts made up, everything. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, okay, so start using shrinkle again, but uh, uh, tell them you heard it here. Uh, I de- I had determined that I want your grandkids to call Kunsi uh, Kunsi Kunsi instead of Grandma. I think Kunsi yeah. would Coonsie be a very be unique original name for a grandma. Yeah, yeah. And I 20, think thirty uh, years I'll be okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There. Bazinga is pending investigation from Collins Dictionary. Gotcha. Shrinkle on. Really shrinkle on. Jason? Uh, so I wish, I'm going to say I want one thing from this side and one thing from this well, side of the family. Well, that's fine. Yeah, it's your um, time. On my, my dad's side of the family, uh, my grandpa was just, he was glue. You know? He was what? He was glue. Okay. Uh, he just had a personality where everybody came together. Um, he was not a, a perfect man by any means most of his life. He got saved very late. Uh, really cool story uh, for another day, but long story short, he was saved. He was diagnosed with cancer, told he had six months to live, lived six months, got saved, and lived another six months. Um, but he was glue. Mm-hmm. Our our Thanksgivings and Christmases on the Riccardi side of the family were always so big. They were always so big. I mean, we're talking 30 people because um, it, was, it was every single one of the five kids uh, with all of their spouses and all their um, kids. And so we're talking 30 people. And I, I think at one point I counted I had 20-something first cousins. I mean, it's just because my mom is one of seven, my dad is one of five, and just big family gatherings. And, and it was him because when he passed away, um, they, those things went away. Um, so there's that. And then on my mom's side of the family, uh, my mom's mom, was the type of woman that when she prayed, things happened. She was the type of woman that when she prayed, things happened. Um, so she was diagnosed with cancer, and then my dad's dad was diagnosed with cancer not long after. And then um, she passed away, and then he passed away. So they they their cancer timelines contract with each other. Uh, but when she died, in her Bible, on her prayer list, was praying for my grandpa's salvation. She did not get to see my grandpa get saved. But I bet you she was waiting in heaven with open arms when he got there. But he was on the top of her prayer list. And my mom has that Bible and that prayer list. Wow. Um, I, I hope I get that. Um, well, do you have it? Oh, mom. Yeah, I could probably get it from her. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm uh, saying because uh, my original question was what? You might have got from them. Yeah. You hope you're. There are times when there have been like once or twice where 
it's just weird. You know, you pray and it's almost as if God is in the room and he answers the prayer. But I, I'm inconsistent in my prayer life. I'm a lot more consistent in my quiet time, just reading scripture, but I'm less consistent in my prayer time. But I, when I do well, consistently pray. Prayer time. Prayer time. Yeah. Some of us aren't structured enough to use. <laughs> so it's kind of so offensive to when us. When I am consistent <laughs> enough to actually Thank pray, and when I'm consistent enough to keep track of what those prayers are, it's amazing how you can go back and look and see how God did answer those prayers. It may not have been immediately, but he did answer those prayers. Right. So Riccardi is an Italian name, right? Yeah. So for Thanksgiving, do y'all do like turkey and dressing, or do you have like spaghetti? <laughs> <laughs> we did not have spaghetti. Bread. Here, here's yeah, one of the, the weirdest things that Riccardi's did. My mom, <clears throat> we would all, all bring a dish or side or whatever, and – one Thanksgiving, my mom ran out of time to make a dish. And so what she did is she just ended up buying like 30 plus dollars worth of beef jerky. <laughs> and she threw it on the table. And I kid you not, that beef jerky was gone like that. And everybody, the, every Thanksgiving after that, I was like, are you bringing beef jerky again? So, that's awesome. It I is. Mean, that, that's a very, you know, that's a unique thing. Well, that's, that's, You're not expecting that. You're expecting freeing. dry turkey that's freeing. and you know, it's cranberry. Like, hey, what are you making for Thanksgiving? Nothing. I'm going to Walmart and get some jerky. I'm bringing <laughs> beef jerky. <laughs> that's, that's really What'd awesome. What'd you call them all? What'd you call the grandparents? Nothing cool. I mean, grandma and grandpa. Oh, yeah. My dad, however, um, my mom and dad, for their grandkids, my mom is G-Ma. My dad is Dude. Dude. Yeah, before dude. he passed, it was Dude. Because every time he saw his uh, grandson, he would be like, dude. And then that was how they greeted each other. And so he became dude. And it was the coolest thing when dude shoes became. Dude shoes. Yeah, I didn't know about that until recently. Hey, dudes. And that was like the only thing he would wear towards the end when he had Alzheimer's. Dude wore the dude shoes. (laughs) Wore dude shoes. Wow, that was some good stuff right there. I kind of like that. Oh. So if you need a grandpa influence, Coonch, since you missed a couple of those, then uh, I'm getting older all the time. I'll I'll help you as much as I can. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I just hit a brick wall really bad right there. Just, bam. <laughs> you were supposed to take your ADHD medicine. Uh, uh, <laughs> Now on to the next segment. <coughs> so that'll kick right in here. towards the end of this uh, this podcast. So you're welcome. Not in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. It's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to get all. I don't mean to bring the party down, but. Um. Well, I'm not going to bring the party down. I'm just going to suggest that younger folks should pay a lot of attention to the older folks in your family. Lots of wisdom. Uh, seems like nowadays it's easy to get real busy and maybe not go visit those folks when you can, and then you wind up like where some of us are and they're all gone, and you can't visit them anymore. Big problem with our culture today. We don't <clears throat> spend enough time with those other generations, and what used to be 100 years ago, you'd go out in the field with your dad your granddad and uncles, and they'd teach you how to be a man. And you would learn that wisdom that they had gained and would be passed on to you. Yeah. And today we take our kids and we throw them out to a coach or we throw them out to a life coach or a counselor 
uh, or even bring them to church and go here we want y'all to just pour wisdom into them and what they're really missing is that opportunity to gain family wisdom uh, from generation to generation and therefore we've moved from a society that's led by men who lead their families to now the kids are the ones in charge I mean the kids decide where they eat where they go what they do and that's not necessarily bad that we want our kids to have things, but they don't have the wisdom to make some of the decisions and stuff that they, you know, I knew as a kid growing up. And I didn't, did not like it at the time. I mean, you know, you said, what are some good things you got from your grandparents? Well, my grandfather, Hughley, loved him to death. But when I was a kid, there were moments when I just wanted to whip his tail. Because <laughs> I remember being out in the field picking up potatoes and I wasn't doing a good job. And he threw a potato and hit me in the head. Oh. And I was like, I'm fixing to whip that old man. You know, but now I look back and I'm like, he was teaching me work ethic. You know, you've got a little bit of that in you. Uh, I could see that yeah, in you. I can you, throw a potato you, at you. You can, yeah, <laughs> you can throw a potato. <laughs> but I didn't like that at that time, you know. I was just like, but then I look back and those are things that, you know, he was teaching me yeah. how to be a responsible worker, how to be a man, and, you know, how to, how to do things. You know what would be the best thing in the world for kids nowadays? To have to haul hay during the summer, just one summer. Split wood. Split wood, haul hay, yep. Yep. Uh, come in of the evening with your arms all scratched to pieces and sunburned on the back of your neck. Yep. And, uh, uh, did, your, uh, uh, did y'all haul hay when you were young? I know HDM both. We did, did. straw. Yep. Just with straw, same mm-hmm. thing, I think. Yep. Except straw's lighter than alfalfa hay, I think. I'm it? sure it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, did, I was going to ask you, did, did y'all have a like an old international truck on the farm oh, that you yeah. haul hay? Yes. Because I can recall uh, the old international we had when I was a kid. Uh, when you were going through to pick the hay up, whoever was driving uh, just had it in low gear, and they would get out and throw a couple bells on too once in a while while the truck just crept along through the field. <laughs> yeah, Three in the column. Yeah. Three in the column. Well, these are the big on the floor, these yeah. old internationals, but... Anyway, okay, good talk. Uh, um, we're going to come back in a minute talk about some stuff we found in the Bible on this edition of the Serious Mike the Baptist and Thoughtful program, etc. We'll be back. Do you listen to or watch Mike the Baptist? Do you wear clothes? If so, we've got some great news. T-shirts and hoodies are now available at MikeTheBaptist.com. Just visit MikeTheBaptist.com, click on the merchandise link, and you'll find high-quality tees, hoodies, and even onesies for the babies in a variety of colors, all with the Mike the Baptist logo and familiar sayings from the program. Mike the Baptist is a true labor of love. No one has to pay to listen or watch the program, but Mike and the crew have to eat. So a portion of each sale of a t-shirt or hoodie goes to Mike's local Kroger, Walmart, or Electric Utility. It's kind of simple like that. In order to keep the program free, we have to generate a bit of income to pay the bills. When you make a purchase, you're not only doing the world a favor by wearing clothes, you're helping keep the messages of Mike the Baptist on the air. Thanks for helping out, and thanks so much for being involved in spreading the good news. What a great planet. Hey, we're back. Uh, We didn't talk about much in the green room because we saved it all for this section. Going to turn it over to the preachers and talk about some stuff found in the Bible. Yeah, so uh, 
when you get into the the book of First Timothy, uh, you get into that first chapter, and there's some um, talks about something that's very dangerous to us, and that's somebody that would uh, intentionally lead us away from Christ. So one of the easiest ways for us to uh, not fall for that, to uh, to not be led astray by uh, by somebody uh, outside of God's word, is to know God's word. You know, we were just talking about. Uh, in the last segment about wisdom and gaining wisdom from, uh, you know, grandparents, uh, from aunts and uncles, that generational wisdom and stuff like that. Well, um, you know, God has given us uh, the book we call the Bible, and it is full of God's wisdom uh, for us. But we have a, a personal responsibility to spend time in that. That way we can we can learn this stuff. That way when somebody comes along that wants to try to uh, – teach us something that is contrary to the Bible, we'll pick up on it. We'll it'll, uh, throw up a red flag and we'll say, oh, that okay, that does not make sense with what I have read and know and understand uh, about the Bible. So quiet times, we've talked about those. Yep. yep. I have to do it. You have to. I know. It's, it's just the way it is. But So our quiet time, that time that we want to set aside on hopefully a daily basis and read God's Word, spend some time in prayer, uh, and just spend some time listening for God just to talk to us. Uh, that is one of our absolute best defenses that we have to not be led the wrong direction uh, by somebody with uh, with evil intents. So for me in my life, you know, there's always room for improvement. I think we talked about that maybe in one of our last segments or last episodes, that we can always try to do things better. When it comes to these these times in God's Word, uh, well, there's probably some adjustments that we need to make and to be more consistent in that, maybe to give more focus in the time that we have when we're reading instead of just making it an exercise. I'm going to read a chapter today to say I have done this. But instead, taking that time and actually slowing down maybe and focusing and, and thinking through the words that are in that chapter or just taking a few of the verses and just really trying to figure out what this is saying to me, you know, what does God want me to learn today from this? But I know there's a lot of adjustments that we can make in trying to, to do better uh, with these things. But that's just something for me uh, personally, but y'all have any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, things that you might struggle with when it comes to the quiet time or adjustments that you're currently making? What did you mean when you said, uh, uh, somebody that might be coming along trying to get you off of that track what yeah. are you talking about right there well there are there are folks out there that uh want to teach things that are contrary to what god's word says false teaching we're talking about. absolutely I get what yeah i wasn't gonna go there yeah. well I, I went there because went i realized there. that's a phrase that you know, yeah i have to do that but yeah false teaching you're talking yeah, about so, so you know and we know evil exists so we know that there are people that intentionally will try to make us misunderstand the bible get us out of the, get us out of the word of god right so that's what i'm, I'm referring to there those people that they're, they're doing this on purpose so you're saying the best way to avoid or to combat that is to know what yeah what's in there before you yeah and the only way you're going to get to know it is by spending time with it right you know the original the original sin was caused <clears throat> because adam and eve didn't really focus on what God had said because Satan twists it and says, did God really say? Right. And as much as I know there are people that do intentional um, 
things to try to get people off track. I think there's a lot of unintentional things right. that sound good, sound politically correct. So if it's politically correct, then it's got to be, you know, it's kind of like in your Audi. That's right. If thinking it sounds too. good, then yeah. it must be in there because surely, you know, surely, you know, God's not going to punish sins that we don't disagree with. And so you just have to go back to, and that's the hard part of reading God's word is you don't like every part of it. I don't like every part of it, but you have to dig in and, and just kind of think, okay, what's God saying? And, you know, I would just encourage people if you're not doing a quiet time, if you're not spending time every day in the word, then, you know, make that a goal and try to start working towards that. And again, don't beat yourself up because you only got five days out of seven this week or anything like that. But, Look for opportunities to make it different, because I know a lot of people say I don't. They don't read well, um, or they don't comprehend well in reading. Uh, there's other ways you can actually have an app on your phone that'll read the Bible to you. I've done that a couple of times. I like to just listen to other preachers and just listen to what they're saying. You got to be careful there, because again, if they're a false teacher, you got to you got to recognize that. So there are multiple ways for us to get the information into our brain. But at the end of the day, there is really something, well, there's something special about reading those black words off white pages when you realize God wants to speak directly to you. And you don't, a lot of people worry, well, I don't know, I don't know what all these big words are in the Bible and I don't understand all these places in the Bible. Yeah, I understand that, but you can understand for God so loved the world. You can understand that, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? And so, you know, as you dig into those things, you'll learn. And, you know, one of the guys that we hang around with at our church didn't finish high school. And when he got saved, you know, that was one of his prayers. God, you help me to understand. I'm going to do the best I can to read it, but you're going to have to help me to understand it and to remember it. And he quotes scripture like nobody's business. And so, it's really, if it's a desire, you know, God's going to help you do it. Uh, but again, I don't think we have to beat ourselves up because we didn't follow some 365 reading plan and we messed up. I think just spending time with God and, but you got to get in his word. It's not enough just to listen to Caleb. Right. You got to get, you got to get in his word. Uh, two things. Um, I want, I'll echo what you just said. My grandpa, my mom's dad, didn't finish high school. He was dyslexic. They did not know what dyslexia was back then. He lied about his age, caught the tail end of World War II, was in Vietnam, Korea, highly decorated. Um, you know, good man, wasn't really living for the Lord for a long time. And when he did start living for the Lord, um, his life really was no longer about himself and what he wanted. Uh, he began to, he said, God, if, if this is what you want me to do, if you want me to be in ministry, if you want me to do this, I can't read. You're going to have to help me. The only thing that he could read and comprehend was the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And you know, talking about this, the only way, my mom worked at a bank. And the only way that she could tell the difference between uh, fake money and real money, the way that they train you is that you have to spend time with real money. So you recognize what real money is. And if you can recognize real money, you can spot the fake. And so you gotta, there's no substitute for just spending time in the Bible. 
And in doing research for any rowdy trying to find something interesting or or whatever, I came across this list that said 101 crazy things that are in the Bible. And I was like, oh, probably could be something funny in there. And so I started reading that. And this this guy has said, I I found this out after I started reading the list. He said, I've transitioned from Christianity to being non-Christian. And as I, everything began to make sense as I was reading the stuff he was reading. I'm like, this guy's got some really bad beliefs about the Bible. And, you know, he, he presented it as 101 things that are weird in the Bible that you shouldn't believe. And uh, he actually repeated himself multiple times. So people that are out there that don't want anything to do with the Bible, uh, don't take what they say at face value. You got to go a little bit deeper because the with this guy, if you look at it at face value, you think, oh, man, uh, some good good statements he's making there and but then every single one of the things he talked about if you dig deeper into that passage of scripture or into what it was that he said easily refutable i mean it it was just very basic like you could easily refute it but if you just took it at face value you could easily be swayed and think oh man he's got 101 reasons that we shouldn't believe the bible 101 man he he really knows what he's talking about but then you get in there and you're like, well, he's actually said the same thing over here. So he's repeating himself. It's actually only 99 at most. And then you start looking at the other things and you're like, this is really terrible statements. This is so easy to contradict. And so don't take what people say at face value. you got to spend time in the word so that you can see what truth is so that you can spot what false is. Well, here's something interesting about the Bible. And uh, this is for my non-churchy friends that are listening and participating. Uh, there's some things in the Bible that are just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. I mean, they're just they're just weird. You can read them and you can get all spiritual and say, you know, it's a, you know, it, it, there's some things in there that's just weird. It don't make any sense uh, to us in our culture today. Might not have made much sense to some of those people in, in the culture of their day. But if that's the only thing you, if you're not familiar with the Bible, and if you haven't dug in there a little deeper to kind of uh, read the. Uh, uh, between the lines, so to speak, uh, between that stuff, then you're missing the whole point of it. And it's not it's not fair on you yourself to not uh, research that a little bit deeper. And, and like the guy you said, that uh, there's people all over the planet that will make up these lists of 101 things that are weird about the Bible and then leave it at that. So somebody that's not familiar with what's really in there and what it's really about, if that's all they hear... They're never going to dive in there deeper. But for anybody that ever takes the time to dig into the Bible and and begin to look at it as uh, and it, I, I view it as an instruction manual for how a human being operates. If anybody ever approaches the Bible in that way, uh, the weird stuff kind of takes its place. You don't understand it. You're not going to understand it. But if you get to a place in your head where you, you're comfortable with, uh, I may never understand some of that and then you get down to the heart of man matters the bible's dead on every time about how a human operates and how they are and how they're going to be uh when you get to that uh uh, you look at the bible a whole lot different and the weird stuff's still weird it's just i mean a donkey talking that's just weird you know it's just weird i can't explain that you can't explain that you're a preacher all y'all are preachers, and I don't know if yes, you can Yes, I can, every that. Sunday. <laughs> if God can use a donkey to speak, oh, yeah. he can surely use me. <laughs> well, that's a good point right there. But. So anyway, I, I'm just encouraging anybody that right. might be listening who's 
not a preacher, who's not in church all the time, uh, who is avoiding the Bible because there's weird stuff in there. We think it's weird, too. <laughs> I mean, we really I'll do. Give, I'll give you one thing that you can just go ahead and take off the table because there's a whole lot more smarter people than us that have done the research. The Bible never contradicts itself, period. Yeah. Never, ever uh, contradicts Historically itself. as well. Yeah. The more things are un, un, That's uncovered. the thing that, you know, you'll hear people say that all the time. Oh, the Bible contradicts itself because over here it said this and over here it's... Well, if you'll go back and understand the context of the language and what was written and why it was written, it does not contradict itself. And that's just, again, false teachers trying to throw things or even us just trying to throw up a roadblock of, well, I'm just not going to read this because it contradicts itself. No. Here's the reality. If you want to know truth, truth is not a concept. Truth is a person. Jesus said he was truth. And when you read his word, it is truth, whether we like it or not. And I'll tell you, it applies. It applies to the people in the church. It applies to people outside of the church. Thou shalt not murder applies across the board. Thou shalt not lie applies across the board. You know, no other gods before me. That applies. So when we start having these conversations in our culture where everybody's like, oh, well, if you believe this and I believe that, everything's okay because we all believe something. No. There is a right way and there is a wrong way. And, and God's the one that determines that, not us. And, you know, I'll go back to a C.S. Lewis quote about Jesus. You know, he's talking about Jesus and his ministry and what he did while he was on the planet. And he basically says, look, there's only one one choice that you can see in this. Either Jesus is a liar, I mean, just a bold-faced liar, or he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. I mean, there's there's no really other option there, and um, I think there's enough evidence in the Bible to prove that he was not a liar and he was not a lunatic. So then, what's left, you know? And so, those are just things uh, we may have gotten way off what Michael was trying to get us to talk about today. But, you know, why don't people read the Bible? Well, there's a lot of reasons, but the biggest reason is is because we really don't take it for granted what it is, God speaking to us. And he wants to speak to us. So you're cheating yourself. Wouldn't it make sense? Wouldn't it make sense uh, to read the manual, the operation manual of a machine, Wouldn't it make sense to read the instructions written by someone who made the machine? Exactly. And uh, I believe God made man. You're not going to change my mind about that. I don't see any other way that could have happened accidentally. Uh, so I choose to read the manual written by uh, the one who created man. And it's, it's like we keep saying over and over, it's dead on every time. All the descriptions in that Bible about how a human being is, how good he can be, how bad he can be, it's all dead on. All the cures uh, for how to be a certain way or not be a certain way are in that Bible. And if you're willing to look at it uh, objectively uh, without being on the defensive, if you're willing to look at it and look at yourself in the mirror, you will find answers in that thing uh, to the things you're dealing with that are giving you so much trouble. They're in there. and uh, Nowhere in there does it say it's going to be real easy <laughs> to do anything, but, but the answers are there. And everybody's looking for answers. I don't care who you are. 
in, in the world today, if you if you're telling me you're not looking for answers uh, for who you are and why you're here, you're lying. It's, Everybody it's really wants about to know. God who knows, trying to train you who doesn't know. You know, we started off talking about our grandparents. I never will forget this again. My granddad. I don't even think he graduated high school, and we were building a little clubhouse and. We had some extra tin, so we were putting a tin roof on it. And so we are out there with a pair of tin snips, just killing our hands, you know. And he comes over there one day, and he's like, what are you boys doing? And we're telling him, he's like, you're doing it all wrong. Well, what is the pride in me saying? Get out of here, old man. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, whatever. No, no, you know, old school. You don't know. So we're sitting over there just da-da-da-da-da. He just quietly goes over, picks up a piece of tin, picks up a two-by-four, picks up a piece of wire, two nails, Walks over there, drives the nail in one end of the board, pulls the metal wire down through there, lays a piece of tin on it, stands on the tin, grabs the wire, picks it up, starts walking. It cuts a straight line down that piece <laughs> of tin in about five minutes, and we were all mad. Just mad because my hands hurt. And that's really, you know, the Bible, we're out here beating our head against life, trying to figure it out and you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make money, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to live my life the way I want to. God's sitting there going, I'm trying to tell you, here's how you do life, and you won't listen to me, so I'm just going to sit here and watch you let your hands. hands. I'm going to let your (laughs) hands get sore. And then when you get ready to listen, then I'm going to teach you some things, and it'll be a whole lot easier on you. So I don't know. So the Bible is cool. Good story, right. by the way. That's really good. The Bible is, is really cool. I mean, it is hands down the best literature that's ever been written. You know, it's it's a literature that has been written over the span of a uh, thousand plus years, a couple thousand years, on at least three different continents, Africa, Asia, and Europe. And they all say the same thing from beginning to end. Um, it's some of the most poetic literature you'll ever read. It's some of the most uh, wise literature you'll ever, ever read. It's some of the most engaging storytelling that you'll ever read. And those are all great things. But what makes it different from that and one of another ancient literature, throw out Beowulf or Shakespeare's Homer's Iliad. Homer's Iliad. Yeah. You know what makes it different? Is that in the Bible... You encounter Jesus, and Jesus is what changes. And when you change, people around you change because they see the impact that it makes on you. And Paul, who's a guy that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament books, was a guy that was changed when he encountered Jesus. Um, And his change led other people to trust Jesus. So the change in him impacted everybody around him. And I'll, I'll say this, um, my dad, when he was in high school, um, he feels very strongly that God told him, if you'll just follow me, uh, your whole family will be saved. And then he, he didn't. He, he went a long time without following God the way that he should. Uh, but when he got saved, I'll tell you what, it made an impact on those around him. My grandpa, I started to share this story earlier, he was diagnosed with cancer one Christmas, um, he was told he had six months to live. And my grandma, on the other side of the family, prayed for him. And my mom, she had this bracelet. It's F-R-O-G, frog, fully rely on God. And it was a reminder to pray for my grandpa's salvation. Uh, my grandpa was in Vietnam and Korea. Uh, at one point in his life, was drinking like a quarter whiskey a day. Um, 
cuss, make a, a sailor blush, uh, verbally, physically abusive in some ways. I mean, th- this was him, and he was no longer as bad in those things, but he was still bad. But uh, six months to live, he's he gets this terminal diagnosis of cancer, and so we're they're praying for him. My mom, I'm, my grandma on my mom's side is praying for his salvation my mom has this bracelet that every time she sees it she's praying for his salvation my mom loses that bracelet and uh she starts getting nervous and worked up and worried and like how am i going to remember to pray for his salvation i mean we're on a time crunch here we want him to be in heaven one day and we're on a time crunch and i'll tell you what uh get a phone call a couple days later and my mom had been stressing over when she was going to be able to get another bracelet so that she could remember to pray for her salvation. You get a phone call a couple of days later, and he got saved the day that she lost that bracelet. And from that moment on, my grandpa was different. He stopped cussing, stopped drinking. I mean, just he was always a giving person, but he became even more of that. He was just a different person. And because he gave his heart to God, I have aunts and uncles and cousins that have gotten saved because they saw the change in him. And that is what Paul was talking about in 1 Timothy 1.15. Become the change that you want to see in others is, a, is another way to say it. Man, if you are if you are really trusting Jesus, you're different and everybody around you is going to notice that change. And we'll... That leads us to ask ourselves, where is it that we need to work on ourselves? Where does our our testimony, not just in what we say, but what we do, where does our testimony, that what we, how we represent Christ, where does that need to be refined and made clear? And where does that need to be, the way we think, act, and feel, need to be adapted so that we can witness to other people? so that we can share the gospel with other people in a way that brings about change. I have a layman's question first. Sure. Uh, uh, preachers are always telling me I need to change. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to change? Do you let's always say, do say what's best for yourself? Who, well, let me say I'm the person who's not saved. I'm not churched. Why, why, do, you, why do you preachers keep telling me I need to change? What's the what's the explanation for that? Because I need to know that first, sure, before I'm going to dive into all this. You know what I got to do to. So in my grandpa's case, everybody loved my grandpa. Um, he he was no longer as bad as he used to be. I, I described my grandpa earlier. He was glue. Everybody wanted to be around him. Everybody loved him. He was a good man in many ways. But what he was was not what he was meant to be, and. When he trusted Jesus, what changed was the bad side of him. And and the bad stuff, God changed him. It was it was no longer defining characteristics. Are you saying this bad stuff you're talking about? Uh if you're, okay, so, if you're doing stuff that and you're always feeling bad about what you did and you're depressed and nothing's working out, are you saying the reason all that's happening is because you're not lined up? with what you were created to be. There so when, you're, when you line up with what you're created to be, your life changes because that's how you're supposed to be. Is that what you're saying? There's an element of it that's that's that, yeah. Um, sin is being less than what you were created to be. Um, 
Sin is just a, it's actually an archery term. It means to miss the mark. What? Sin is an archery term that means to miss the mark. I didn't know so that. So anything. Teach that in school, in seminary? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. I just didn't know it was an archery term. Yeah. It's one of the terms that we use to describe sin. Um, and it's actually an archery term. So you have the bullseye in the very middle, and then you have everything else. So in archery, you sin if you don't hit the bullseye. So if you don't hit directly in the middle, you, you've missed everything. It doesn't matter how close you come. If you don't hit the middle, you've sinned. And so when we sin, we, we're it doesn't matter how close we get to the bullseye, we're less than what God made us to be. And we make everybody around us less than what God made us to be. So the, the very inside of who we are is, is broken. And it it's, needs to be changed. We're, we're spiritually speaking, dead. And unless we we allow Christ to come in and make us alive, spiritually speaking, and allow Christ to come in and, and change the, the very way that we think, the very way that we act, the very way that we feel, the very way that we speak to other people, um, we are going to be broken people and we're going to break the people around us. And that's what God wants to come in and change. And, and when we change, man, like my grandpa, everybody was just, remarkably impressed with the way that God changed who he was. Um, he was no longer the Rick that they knew. He was different. And and in fact, some of my unbelieving family members, it was so incredible, the change that he had in his life. They're like, that that wasn't him. That was just the cancer. They want to put it off on something else. But it, it was Jesus that came into his life and made him a completely different person. Like, that is what changes. And I'll tell you what, when when you live for Jesus... Everybody around you is going to notice. And see, that's your testimony. Yep. You know, and you've got a testimony. It can be good or it can be bad. And, you know, for the first, the majority of his life, his testimony wasn't good. And it had an impact on the people around him in a negative way. And then when God came in and did that change in his life, his testimony became all new. And man, look at the change it had and the impact it had on the family and the folks around him. People I mean, got saved awesome. that would have never been saved. Exactly. If he had not lived for Jesus. And we yeah. forget. I mean, you know, sometimes we just want to make this about us. You know, I I would say, Michael, anybody that's listening to the podcast and kind of wrestling with this thing of do I follow Jesus, do I not follow Jesus, you know, I'd say, look, it's it's more than just you. Yes, you don't want to go to hell. I will promise you, (laughs) get in that Bible and read what hell is going to be. You do not want to go there. (laughs) But more than that, you want to live this life in the greatest enjoyment and fulfillment than you can and in the next life you want to be there but listen it's more than that it's generational it is generational you know i would say for men you need to get saved because your wife needs to be saved and your kids need to be saved and your grandkids need to be saved and it's on you i mean it is generational i am thankful to come from multiple generations of christian people uh, but it can start with you you know and start right now and you can change the direction of your family for all of eternity because you know what happens even in this life is we misinterpret what's really important in life why we're here what we're supposed to be doing uh, I'll, I'll use the analogy of worms in a couple of ways because it, it kind of helps me there's old boy that was drinking too much he went to his doctor and his doctor's like you got to quit drinking it's killing you and he's like but i enjoy it doc you just don't understand he said well let me show you an illustration so he gets a little a glass of scotch and he gets a little glass of water and he takes an earthworm drops it in the scotch 
drops an earthworm in, in a glass of water. Well, of course, the, the worm in the scotch dies, and the little earthworm in water, he's just still swimming around. And the doctor says, do you get what I'm trying to tell you? And the boy misinterpreted the data. He said, yep, if I keep drinking, I'll never have worms. That's not what he was trying to teach him. He's trying to Sounds teach like him. a preacher story right it there. It is. He's trying to teach him about, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you, and I have seen this, and I haven't used this yet at Temple, so get ready, but I'll share it right now. You've seen this. After a rain, you walk out, and there are worms mm-hmm. on the concrete. After the rain, the sun comes out, and there's those same worms, and they're squiggling around. And if they don't get off the concrete, they're going to dry up and die. Now, you think about that analogy. My, my driveway is, what, 8 to 10 feet wide? On either side, there is life. Either side of that driveway, there's the dirt and the, and the, and the, the moisture that you need to survive. And they're going to hang out on that stupid driveway concrete and die. And I go out there and I blow them off and it just I feel sorry for them. But I'm like, that's us. We are the big dummies that God has put out here. And instead of choosing the things that could bring us enjoyment and fulfillment and purpose, we'd rather hang out on the driveway and dry up and die and just shriveled up old worms. That's my testimony. I don't want to be a shriveled up. I don't want shrinkage. Shrinkle. Shrinkle. Here we are back to shrinkle. I don't want to shrinkle up on the driveway. No, don't want that. It is a little bewildering. Uh, why anybody wouldn't want something that makes you feel better and is good for you. Right. It's, it's a little bewildering, but it's also understandable that until you uh, tried it out for yourself, um, you're not going to know. You're just not going to know. Yeah. You're always going to be sitting back yeah. wondering, but this is real easy stuff to try. <laughs> it's really easy stuff to try. Uh I've told people that before. Why don't you give him a try? He can't screw up your life no more than you have. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> That's there's, a good, a, there, there's a sermon right, right. there. There's right. a famous – he's a, he's actually a mathematician, so you know he, he's a brainiac, whatever. His name was Pascal. Uh, and he has this thing that's it's called Pascal's Wager. And what it, what it essentially says is – you have two options. You can either believe or disbelieve. On the one hand, if you believe and you you come to the end of your life and you're wrong about Jesus, so if you die believing that Jesus is who he says he is and, and you come to be wrong, what have you lost? Nothing. You've been healthier, happier, more whole, You've been nicer to the people around you. At peace. You have lived happy and satisfied, content, at peace. And doesn't matter the circumstances that come, you, you may get knocked down by life, but you get back up and you come to the end of your life. Let's say you're wrong. What do you lose? Nothing. You lived a good life. You were healthy, happy, whole, peaceful, content, all those things. You've lost nothing. But if on the flip side, let's say you live your entire life, disbelieving that Jesus is who he says he is and didn't come to do what the Bible says he came to do. You live your life and you say, well, alcohol is not a sin, so you just give yourself to alcohol. Or you say that adultery is not wrong, so you give yourself to adultery. Or you say that uh, whatever your personal sin is, you're like, there's no way that it's bad. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Whatever it is that you want, you give yourself to that. 
And then at the end of your life, maybe you've been financially successful. Maybe you've been, um, maybe your relationships are okay. Maybe they're not. But at the end of your life, you come and you die. And let's say you're wrong. You've lost everything. Pascal's lost wager. Is what Pascal's wager. So if you if you believe in Jesus and you're wrong, you've lost nothing at the end of your life. But if you don't believe in Jesus and you're wrong, at the end of your life, you've lost eternity for just a few short years. Got one thing to say. What's that? Bet. 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 I understand young people say that. Bet. <laughs> Bet. You're so hip. Hey. He even has you. two of them. I'm proud of him. Yeah. 100%. Huh? You even have two hips. You're so hip, you have two of them. 100%. 100%. Right. 100, by the way, is spelled H-U-N-N-E-R-T. 100%. You know, one of the uh, one of the things that we struggle with sometimes, honestly, you know, you've talked about a changed life. Uh, now we have this testimony, and, and we have this responsibility to share that with other people. Uh, we know the Bible says things like, you know, God so loved the world, and, and that's more than just God loves nice people. God loves people, and he sent Christ to die for people that are bad, mean, terrible people. So do you ever struggle with people that you're like, they don't deserve to go to heaven. They don't deserve to have redemption in their life. Do you, do you struggle with sometimes not wanting to share hope with people that that are mean to you. You know, there was a time uh, when I would consider myself uh, immature. That yeah, you know, I, I was probably like, why do I want to talk to them? You know, uh, they're jerks. Uh, but then, you know, I've come to the understanding that man, eternity is a really long time. Mm. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And to <laughs> think of somebody having to go to hell for eternity just because they might have crossed me at some point in my life man that is that's just way too selfish for me to to think like that and you know i've had some some folks you know that been pretty pretty mean to me and i've shared the gospel with them you know and they're still mean to me and i'll share it with them again if i get the opportunity you know i've gone out of my way to do that and they've yet to to respond to it but then you find the ones that that do respond you know there's a uh, a man um few years back and he was just a I don't want to say he's a miserable man but he was just an angry man um, he's mad and uh, just uh, had seen a lot of bad things in life because of his profession and could not understand uh, why a Christian could be happy why we had hope when there's so much bad stuff all around us in our neighborhoods and I mean, he was really angry and uh, had choice words to share with me about it. And uh, after several times of sharing the gospel with him, you know, he finally trusted in Christ as his Savior. Mm. And he became a happy man. You know, it's one of those, uh, you know, every, every salvation is a miraculous event. But this is one of those transformations. It's like, wow, that's night and day difference in mm -hmm. that man's life, you know. Mm -hmm. And to be able to see a glimpse of that in, in one person, it's like, man, you hope you can see that in these other people that are just bitter or just hateful or mean or whatever. And and I hope that we uh, we all get to that point that we understand. <laughs> Nobody don't don't wish eternity in hell on anybody. Why Let's ratchet up the though. three of you all. Why, why do the three of you all want to tell 
Why do you want to devote your life to telling people about this? It's not just a job, obviously, but we're all, the rest of us aren't preachers. You're preachers. Why would you want to? Why are we so passionate about what we do? Yeah, why? I think there's an element of it. It's a calling. You, you look at some of the... Oh, sorry. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going on to explain this. I am. You, well, you um, can, but like, i got to buzz you, you first. you got to buzz me anyway. Calling. <laughs> now you can So you, you look at the couple... Uh, Old Testament prophets, you know, people that God used to talk to the Israelites and just different people over the, the days. Um, two of them specifically, Isaiah, and God uh, God gave him a calling that if he had kept it inside himself, it was just a burning sensation inside himself he could not contain if he tried. So there's an element of it that's that, burning sensation, like you just... You God puts it in you, you have to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jeremiah was another one of those, and they actually call him the weeping prophet. And and where I'm going with this is God also gave him a message, and it was not a, a good message. They called him a weeping prophet because nobody liked him. Okay, But what we see in his life is it's not about you. Um, God asked him to do some very hard things, very hard things. And even though God gave him the strength to do those hard things, church history says he was actually stoned by the people that he was sent to uh, to share the message with. Now that's stoned like a physical death, not yeah. like the Rolling Stones kind of stuff. Yeah, not like okay. you've been uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> hitting the uh, yeah. Like you've been in the wrong. It's head. not a stone that comes from a pipe. Right? Yeah, left-handed cigarettes. I remember yeah. hearing that. And I'm like, what? It's <laughs> not a specific strain of marijuana we're talking gotcha. about. Okay, um, God asked him to do some hard things, and his life actually ended in his death because he was faithful to share that message. Mm-hmm. But what we see in his life is it's not. Sometimes it's just not about you. Sometimes it's just not about you. It's always about not you. about you, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But we like to make it about us. But you, uh, but you as a preacher, you can't rest if you don't do this. Exactly. I would be right? unhappy if I was not doing this. There were other options available to me before God called me to ministry. Yeah, I came really close to taking a computer programming job. Um, loved that. Mm-hmm. I was a teacher. I really enjoyed doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did well for the one year that I was in sales, um, did well in it. I was not fulfilled, mm-hmm. happy, satisfied, any of those things in the way that I am now doing Because you still had that inside of you. No, and, that, and I know H, I had lunch with him one day when he was, he ain't going to be no preacher. I'm not, I'm not going to be a preacher. Yeah, I don't do you're that. not going to make me a preacher. I'm going to teach. But you're not going to make me a preacher. Guess what? <laughs> Same question. Why? Why do you? You know, it's you kind of wonder one sometimes why. You know, but uh, it's just one of those things that it feels right. You know, it's because uh, I promise you, I don't come off the pulpit going patting myself on the back, going, "Man, that was awesome! I did a great job." You always come off feeling defeated. You always come off right. going, "I stink." Yeah. Didn't that didn't say, work like I, I wanted I didn't, to. I, yeah, that didn't come out right for sure. Yeah. You know, I didn't say what, what I wanted to, and I said what I didn't want to. Could have done it better. Well, you do do that yeah, exactly, and all but. that all that stuff that it's just a. But at the same time, 
only way I can tell you is there there have been moments in my ministry where I've told God there's got to be an easier way to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get, of course, we got all the construction going on at the church now, and I get kind of envious of those guys just you know riding a little rolling thing over <laughs> asphalt. I'm like. There's some days I'd like that job because I could look back and go, look what I did today. And in our, in our jobs, there's so much of, I don't know what I got done today. Uh, it seems like just a bunch of random interruptions in my mm-hmm. day. Um, but there's something about being obedient. And, you know, um, I also had to realize, too, that I heard this in a sermon, so this is not my wisdom but a wisdom from another man that really just made an impact on me my calling is not about everybody else i used to think that sometimes like well i'm i'm up here to share with you because michael you need to know this so i'm 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 gonna study you know and you're gonna know this because i shared it with you and you know what um my calling is not about you my calling is about me and it's god's way to keep me close to himself because, you know, we've talked about quiet times and study. I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. I can't get in the pulpit and not have read my Bible this week. I, I can't and yeah. not have had some kind of prayer life and not have. I, I can't do that because it would just, it would be a disaster. Mm. So I, I look at that sometimes. As, this is God's way to put me in a box to make me be what he wants me to be. Uh, and But funny thing is, you know, I'm not unhappy in it. There's there's moments when you're like, okay, this is way too much. You well, know? aggravated is different yeah. than unhappy. Well, so. there have been moments in my prayer life, <laughs> and I've shared this with a few close friends, you know, and I've told them, I'm like, this job is too much. When you have a family come in and they're going to get divorced or somebody's been abused in some way or you're standing at the graveside and everybody's bawling and your your job is to bring some hope and some encouragement and and then it just never ends. You know, it's this waterfall that just never ends. And you can you can sit there and go, yeah, this is not a good vocation. But it's not a vocation. It, mm-hmm. it is a calling, as Jason has said. Um, so then you just kind of enjoy the ride. You know, there are ups and downs. and But at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I think I'm happier than I've ever been. Coots, you know, we're called. We've mentioned that to what we're doing in ministry but we're commanded also uh you know in uh, the great commission we are commanded to go somehow i knew you were going to blow disciples. up and bring it home right here <laughs> yep. and uh Uh-oh. and it's not limited to the preachers uh, as as a it's not the great suggestion it's not the great suggestion either and, oh, uh, so you're bringing the rest of us into this? That's now. right, brother. And uh, <laughs> preach. That's right, brother. <laughs> preach. You're not going alone in this. <laughs> yep. So uh, that's right. Is that We're, not buzzer worthy? Again. <laughs> I'm not buzzing that. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's times when the Holy Spirit is saying, "Don't you touch yeah, that." Button. He buzzed the Holy Spirit one day. I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've got the inside track on this right. one. But no, I mean, so as Christians, we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, he has now told us as the Christians, go. Go and tell people about me. So you're you're talking about yourself. Absolutely. But you're explaining to us right here that, the, that this is not just for a preacher. That's right. Every one of us, we have this responsibility. We have this commandment that we are to be out going and telling. I believe and the right. emphasis in that passage is not on the going. The emphasis in that passage is on making disciples. Right. That's right. uh, it, hey, you know what about the telling? 
you don't have to be a preacher to tell this. That's right. You got it. You don't have to be a preacher to tell it. And you can't really mess it up. You can mislead now. There's a difference in when you get into trying to teach somebody something. You can mislead, but just spreading the good news about the gospel, you can't really mess that up. That's right. I will say more people are saved or come to have a relationship with Christ through people that aren't pastors than are. I mean, our job, really, our job is to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. That doesn't take the responsibility off me to do personal witnessing, but my job is to encourage the church keep doing the good things that God's called us to do. Well, that's simple to figure out because you can't, neither, none of you guys can be everywhere. Right. A preacher deals with a congregation. Yep. Church word. A group Gotta of crazy it. people. Well, yes. In Webster's, Merriam-Webster's congregation yes. is listed as yes. a group of crazy people. But uh, so preachers, there's no way you can uh, uh, intersperse with every single person going to a particular church. So it just makes sense that you're not going to impact a lot of people on that one-to-one the way the people are actually going to mingle with each other and do that. So it makes sense. Well, around this table, you know, if, if just the preacher – was doing the job, say so he could reach 10. Well, that's 10. But what if each one of us reached 10? Well, that's a, that's a much bigger number, right? 40. Yeah. I say this, I one, say two, this tongue in cheek. Did good. But it is the original multi level marketing scheme. It is. Yes. Plan. And say plan. Can I plan remove, better. <clears throat> I just want to remove some anxiety and angst that goes along with witnessing and sharing your testimony. Okay. Okay. What do you get if you do it right? What do, you, what do you get if you do it right? You might just be able to see somebody get saved. You might see the Holy Spirit step in and bring somebody to salvation. If you do it right, God just might use you to bring somebody to salvation. And it's cool, right? What do you get if you do it wrong and you just completely screw it up? You might just be used by the Holy Spirit to bring somebody to salvation. You don't exactly know. Right. It is not on you to do it. To bring somebody to salvation, there's that aspect of it. But also, if you just completely do it wrong and they don't get saved, they were already dead spiritually. And it's not they're on not you. going to be any more dead than what it's you were. On you, right? It's not on That's you. That's a good point. They're already dead. You can't mess this up. You cannot mess it up. You didn't at kill all. them. They were already dead. They're already yeah. dead. If you've spoken the truth, you've been victorious. Yeah. And let me mm-hmm. let me say this: if you're listening and you're a Christian, and you're waiting on somebody else to share the gospel, they probably don't know that person that, you're, that you care about, yep. and they need you to share the gospel with them. I don't know, most likely, the person that you're thinking of that needs the gospel. You know them. You have a relationship with them. You have the opportunity that we and don't have. And probably know best how to talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So what I'm gathering, the reason I ask that is because I'm on this constant uh, – uh, project here to make you guys real people because uh, the word preacher is intimidating to a lot of people um, I don't even like when people call me the preacher well I know I don't call you preacher you I know I call you H or well, I'm going to call him preacher all the time now <laughs> oh, yeah, he asked for it didn't he <laughs> right. hey preacher <laughs> yeah. well no but but I, I would love for people that are uncomfortable around preachers not to be 
Because I think one thing I noticed about preachers, I befriend preachers. I've always befriended preachers. I think it's you're just guys like we're I crazy am. too. I, yes, there's a crazy aspect to preachers, which I think I identify with. But for folks that are a little afraid of that, preachers need to be normal, just like you need to be normal, because they're normal. But I've just heard from three guys here that are telling me, and by way of this program right now, telling you they're doing what they're doing because they feel like uh, God is commanding them to do it and wanting them to do it. So let them do it. Don't give them a hard time about it, even when they screw it up. I know all three of them, they're capable. Some more than others. You're welcome. <laughs> We're really good. I am very capable at screwing it up. Uh, anyway, You know, yeah. the gospel really is just about us telling our story and how God has changed our life. It, it, I mean, how crazy would it be, Michael, if you knew, hey, if you take enough vitamin A and vitamin zinc or mineral zinc, You'll never get cancer. If you knew that, I'd be taking, I'd be eating it. And you didn't tell the people that you loved about that. Yeah. How awful would that be? And that's kind of what we're just doing with the gospel. You know, we're just telling people, hey, I'm telling you what it did for me. And it's not about being religious. I think that burns a lot of people off, turns them off. Oh, you know? it does. Yeah. You know, it's not about being religious. And that's what you're trying to make us is look more normal. But we are just normal. We're just normal people that we struggle with our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions. Uh, we're lazy. We're all lazy. Mm. At times, we're uh, selfish. You know, I don't. I don't want to talk to you right now. It's my time. I'm. I'm going to go do what I want to do. I mean, we're, we struggle with all the same things that everybody else on the planet struggles with. It's just that Christ is coming to our life. He came into our life. We didn't find him. We didn't. We didn't make this stuff up. He came into our life, and he's changed our life for the betterment. It's not always easy, but it is always good. And and that's the point, is that that's what we got to share with other people. It's like, you know what? There's two ways to do life. You can either do it with God, or you can do it against God. And I don't know about your experience, but let's go back to our front porch conversations. Hmm. When I picked potatoes like my granddaddy wanted, I didn't get potatoes thrown at me. Exactly. And he put his arm around me and told me good job. And oh, that's and, a great analogy. And we had we like had a that. we had a great the <laughs> broken relationship was when I didn't do what he asked me to do. Yeah. When we don't do what God asked him to do, what he asked us to do, that's where we come into problems. And then we begin to fight with God and then we're mad at God that he disciplines us or he allowed us to go through a difficult time and and you're like if you're if your kid if you told your kid make your bed I'll give you a piece of chocolate cake but if you don't make that bed you're not getting any chocolate cake <laughs> why would the kid get mad at you if he didn't make the bed and he get any chocolate cake it's on him it is but they do it anyway God has put that on us <laughs> God has given us a choice <laughs> wherever your theology falls in this God has given you a choice and you have to you have to agree with him that's what salvation is i'm agreeing with god i'm agreeing with god that i need him to pay for my sins i need him to lead me i need him to guide me and to be lost means i just don't agree with god it's that simple it's that simple what you just said it's that simple but i I think there really is a misconception with somebody who hasn't accepted this already 
that there's so much more to this that they just can't step up to it. I tell you the best. But you don't, none of that changes. Uh, I'll the, say this. I don't want to scare anybody. But, go ahead uh, and scare us. After I was saved, a few months after I was saved, uh, I snorted a line of cocaine as long as a sheet of a paper. A few months after I was saved. But you know what? Uh, that didn't change the fact that I was saved. Over time, God worked every bit of that kind of stuff out of me. But there was no magic when it first happened. And I think there's a misconception yep. that there's a magic trick happening here. It's not. It's as simple as what you just said. Agreeing with him that he's right and you're wrong. Uh, when you swallow the pride, you're not going to change immediately. I, I think it's safe to say that because you're still you. That's part of the journey, right? But he's going to change. he's going to change you. And it's going to be in a way that you never saw coming. And it's so it's so better than you could even think that it would be. Uh, th- I know there are people who are not buying into this because they're afraid they're not good enough to buy into it. And that they have to get a lot of these things lined up before they can buy into it. But that ain't how this works. Nope. It starts with agreeing with him what you just said. Stop. And it's that stop simple. Where you, I tell people all the time, stop where you are. Just stop <clears throat> and just turn it over to him. You, you can never get good enough. One of the best testimonies I ever heard, and it was real short, priest who was doing the religious things but didn't have his relationship right, binge drinking, knew he wasn't really saved, woke up in an alleyway in his priestly garments in his own vomit, had passed out, vomited, woke up in his own <laughs> vomit. He said he rolled over with vomit on his face, with a vomit taste in his mouth and he cried out to God and said I give all I know about me to all I know about you and he said in that moment my life changed he said now it's been a I've still had to struggle with my alcoholism I've had to struggle with my he said but in that moment I just agreed with God I surrendered I agreed with him and he said, change my life forever. And that's really all we want people to do. I don't want you to necessarily join the church. I don't want you to necessarily, you know, say a prayer. I, what I want you to do is just stop. Just stop where you are and look at God and say, I know I've messed up. I keep hearing about Jesus. I just want to I want to give you a chance. I want to give you a shot. I want I want you in my life. I want something different. And I, if you're willing to give me a gift, I'm willing to receive it. And it's really that simple. And the promise is, and I'm here to witness to it, testify, whatever you want to call it. He'll follow through. It's a promise. Yes. And he'll follow through. Yep. Done deal. 100%. 100%. Bet. 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 (laughs) We're so so in tune with our culture, aren't we? Boy. Okay, so that was uh, that was an exercise. There you go. A good one. I heard some good stuff here. I'm all excited again myself. I may go to a church camp or something now. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal? You go I'm going to gonna hold camp? you that next year. Oh, ouch. Summer yeah. camp. Yeah, summer camp. <laughs> good talk. Uh, did we get to the synopsis y'all were looking for? Uh, sure. So. Any and outie, any or outie, coming right up. Hey everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or 
out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. Today on Any or Audi, uh, last week Jason and I did our best to stump the other three uh, that weren't asking questions. It's so complicated because you can't just say the I mean, because it changes every week, the panel. Anyway, this ain't last week. This is this week. The power shifts to Kunks and H.D. Jones, excuse me, uh, on today's In or Audi, and we're just going to let them have at it. Uh, by the way, as a side note, if you want to send us a comment, send it to comment at MikeTheBaptist.com. You can direct it to me. You can direct it to Kunks, Jason. HD, Neil, our other guy that shows up here, uh, if you got a question or comment about them or for them, <laughs> send it to comment at MikeTheBaptist.com. Or if you just want to, uh, what do they say in church circles? If you just want to encourage us with your comments, send that. <coughs> I'll buzz myself for saying encourage. Okay, y'all are up. Koontz or Jones, either one. Go ahead, Brother Koontz. All right. So, uh, Oh, Brother Koontz. <coughs> Now you'll here. buzz brother now, but not earlier. When did we use brother earlier? That was what I was saying. You should buzz him on. Oh, when he I said did. the word brother. I, I wasn't paying attention. I was probably okay. yeah, yeah, It's probably the wrong time. All right. So uh, <laughs> for this week's in or Audi, if I could find more that's worthy, I'd surrender it all. So this is actual scripture. If I could find more. That's worthy. I'd surrender it all. Oh, that's worthy. Um, my first reaction, fellas, would be, who would have said something like that? Well, the phrasing of it, I'm thinking of a couple different people that could have used it, uh-huh. like somewhere in the psalm, uh, might use language that's like that. It's poetic type language. Um, they're... There have been a couple other places in Scripture that I think that they could have used language like that. Um, Is this a direct quote or just kind of a thought? Direct, direct quote. quote. Yeah. Because I immediately thought about God and Abraham and their negotiations, but I don't remember God saying, if I could find more that was worthy, I'd surrender it all. I'm thinking about when the, the military commander came over to Elijah or Elisha, and he asked for a pile of dirt to take back with him, and you know. Oh yeah, that's it feels exactly like, what I was thinking about. <laughs> it feels like a story, <laughs> something that he would have said, but I know that it's not there. But well, what would he be surrendering? That'd be my next thought. If I could find more that's worthy, I would surrender it all. Is that what mm-hmm. you said? I don't. I don't think it's in there. I cannot think of a place that it is. But watch this be the time that I'm like a hundred percent wrong. Um, well, that's the only two options. <laughs> You're either 100% right or 100% that's, that's a good catch on that one right there. I, good I cannot, there. Right? Mm-hmm. I cannot think of a place that that is in Scripture. You know, we, we rely on you heavily sometimes because you have this photographic memory for some reason about stuff like that. And all this wealth of knowledge, whether it's important knowledge or not, you seem to <laughs> Usually have, useless. You seem to have this, this storehouse of photogenic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I got a voice for silent radio. and uh, 
silent movies. Not silent if movie, I could find know. more that were worthy, I would surrender it all. It kind of sounds. It sounds scriptural. It kind of sounds scriptural. It does. I'm just confused about what it would relate to. I, I would like to know what the it is. That sounds like a, a hymn lyric, to be honest. It, it sounds scriptural, but it sounds more like a hymn lyric to me. Well, Psalms are hymns, so. Yeah, right? but I, I don't think it. It you're could be in the song. You're talking about a Mike the Baptist '70s hymn, or no, a, I'm talking like <laughs> red bound hymnal that you'll find old in, church hymn, in not old a blue church. bound. Yeah, blue bound, red bound, whatever color. There's, okay, so it, it sounds like something would be in that more so than something that would be in in the song. Can you read it one more time? Yeah. If I could find more that's worthy, I'd surrender it all. So the reason I ask you that, I wanted to see if you read it like you know when people read scripture, sometimes they try to sound a little more. He yeah, he's, he's got a good voice. Do you ever do radio? Not yet. You should. Well, get me in. I mean, David David band. and Solomon, there were times where they had prayers that were recorded back and forth between them and God. Um, uh, would, it, would it be, it almost sounds like a battle thing. Uh, if I could find more that's worthy, I'd surrender it all. By meaning, meaning I'd surrender my whole army, my whole whole purpose or, or you know it almost sounds military to me of course Paul had that statement that he would surrender his salvation if oh. only the Jews would believe oh you hear that you know that brake sound <laughs> or like tire squealing <laughs> that just happened in my mind because now I see the surrender is something different I still don't Paul said similar ideas but I can't right. think of any particular place that Paul said that I mean there were the recorded prayers whatever like um ezra and nehemiah when they're when they're going back from babylon and they're they're no longer in their exile and they're you know praying and there was this one time period where it records that they were praying even in the rain and they were just they were giving themselves over to god and that seems like something that could fit in there but i don't remember that verbiage being in there so it seems really scriptural but i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say audi I got, I got one more yeah What's fascinating about any or Audi uh, in this setting is that you got three guys that went to school for this and one guy that didn't. So the conversations always kind of sound like, you know, I'm thinking about Nehemiah uh, doing such and such, and it was in the, this century and that century. And then you got this one guy going, hang on a minute. You know that sound that tires make when they go, <laughs> <laughs> So I guess it keeps it in balance in a way. Oh, uh, I do have one other thought. I've been sitting here thinking the whole time. Does this mean if I could find more that's worthy? My whole thought has been more people that's worthy. But perhaps it's not people. If I could find more reasons that are, that's worthy. If I could find more that's worthy. More things to give to God yes, that's more worth giving that's to God. Worthy. I almost think that's what that, <sighs> that That's where I'm thinking the phrase means, but I, I still, I just, I cannot think of anywhere in Scripture did I've, can you text me the answer so I can look smart finally? <laughs> I, I'm going to say Audi. I'd say Audi. Okay, I'll go with you too. Because yeah, Ooh, I may have led you guys out astray. On the edge here. That's right. So this is a song, uh, "In the Morning Light" by Billy Strings. Yes. Oh man! Can we say hallelujah? I got a buzz myself. <laughs> a song. It's a song. Not a psalm. A song. Boy, that was a good one, though, because that, uh, yeah, that brought up a lot of conversation there. Yeah. Hmm. yeah that's the first that time I one. felt really nervous because I 
Uh, so you're saying I sat down in front of this microphone, (laughs) really nervous. I thought I'm one deacon's meeting away from being fired. (laughs) So you're saying when we were wrong, you were confidently wrong. Is that what you're saying? I don't. I don't know. I just sometimes I've been nervous about you know who to side with here. But I have learned if I get two others, then I'm probably going to go that way. But the problem here was H was never committing anything. So (laughs) that was exciting. That was a good one, Coach. That That was a good one. Power shifts to HD. Jones. Yeah, mine's not near as it probably. <laughs> so hey, wait a minute, your your index fingers. Oh, I'm aren't... sorry. There you go. Well, yeah, we're getting I a little. little <laughs> I got I got to look a little more professional. Sorry, I started to slump down and. So in the uh, <laughs> spirit of the season, we've talked about hocus pocus and all that kind of good stuff in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Our zombies. Oh. Our you know, I was actually. Are you kidding me? Mentioned in the Bible. I would. Ah. Uh, well, you know, you know okay. my suspenseful music that usually plays right here. You know what it's going to be this time? Thriller. HD. Literally, I was when I when I referenced that 101 list. I read something in there. I'm like, I could. I wonder if I took it this direction. You're welcome. We may not be thinking the same thing, but we may be having between the two of us one mind. So your your question is yes. straight up. Are zombies not necessarily that word? Okay, yeah, because that's okay. a new word in our culture. Right. But are zombies the idea of a zombie mentioned? Define zombies. Yes, Just make sure that we're on the same. The Walking way. Dead. Okay, so, so I can use the thriller video right here. Yes, the Walking Dead. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you where my mind went <laughs> well, when I was reading. Right here. This is when exciting. I was reading the, that hundred and one <laughs> list of you know crazy things in the Bible, yeah. they didn't say the word zombie. But uh, one of the stories that they brought up, and I was like, oh yeah, that didn't happen. But yeah, your your take on it's weird. But when when Jesus died, there were those that were in the tomb that came out and walked, and and there were times when they threw a prophet in the tombs. Wait a minute. Can you reverse just a few seconds? I still had the Thriller video in my head <laughs> and it ended so, so when, I missed part of what you were saying right there. When Jesus died on the cross uh, it does say in scripture that dead people were raised and people came out of the tombs. Okay, It does say that. Um, there's even an instance in the Old Testament where a prophet died and when uh, he was thrown in there that I, I believe people were to use the term reanimated and they came out and they're they went on to live to live Lazarus was dead and he was reanimated so depending on how you look at it well that's what he was saying yes that's what he was saying but now the uh the scripture references probably does not get real uh what's the word descriptional that's not a word hey descriptional <laughs> shrinkle uh, uh, <laughs> let's just take real words and have a few extra and letters on them. the end <laughs> call them up uh so but the scripture probably doesn't describe in detail like bandages wrapped around and it does uh, it just lazarus, lazarus loose, yeah loose him and let him go okay so i'll i'll say it depends on how you define <laughs> living dead because um, I believe that those were not the living dead. I believe that they were living, living people that had formerly been dead. 
They were reanimated. Living, so they were living, they were alive. They were not dead people that were <laughs> still walking around, whatever. They were still literally alive. They had been reanimated. Um, so we were going somewhere recently, and I don't know what we are talking about, but the whole family was in the car, and we were all talking, and my wife says, Is so-and-so still not living? <laughs> we still we still wear out about that. Is so and so still not living? That's just a little extra there. Um, you know, I looked at at uh, Kuntz while you were giving that dissertation just then, Jason. I'm sorry, Kuntz had, Kuntz had the, that. Doing the yes. thriller move. Yeah, while you were explaining <laughs> the living, living, uh, and even even while I was talking about is so and so still not living. I have this wide peripheral vision, you know, I can see my ears. I noticed Koontz was smiling that possum smile, like, like I know something that you guys don't. Is that well, correct? Or yeah, uh, There was a, when he uh, first brought this up, he said a statement, and I was like, aha, he said the, the walking dead. What, what, what is oh, man the, before man they're saved? Walking dead. Oh, are you saying... HD is trying to slip up on us, and he did me and Jason, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> How about also the uh, the dead bones in Elijah? Well, I was going there as well, but then I was like, oh, I love the, the when he said the Walking Dead. I was like, yeah, we're, yeah. Was that your definition when you were asked? Yeah, what, he said, "What do you mean by a zombie?" You like, said walking, you know, dead. walking Dead. I'm going to so say gonna, any for multiple reasons. I'm going to say any as well. Yeah. I'm going to say any because Koontz, who moved here from West Virginia, I don't care if he did say he's from Indiana. In my head, he moved here from somewhere in Virginia. But anyway, I'm going with any because of the way it was explained all the way around there. Well, that's none of the things that were in my mind with this. <laughs> but that's really good discussion. <laughs> Just to be honest, I was like, oh, okay, okay. That's perfect. Uh, but, you know... Uh, I mean, obviously, oh, man. the terminology that we think about, like a corpse walking around that doesn't have a soul or whatever, that's not in the Bible. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about Paul, who talks about, I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live, you know. And so, it's a reality that Christians, we're dead. We should live as dead men. We, we, should, we should live as, it's not about us and all that stuff, so... It could go either way. I just thought it was kind of a fun topic to throw out there. So, so what was we, were we right? Yeah, I, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll let you do. I'll let you do. Okay, uh, let you be okay. I'll, I'll let you, you be okay. okay. That was good. Yeah, that was a good one. Was that good. was a real yeah. good one. Yeah, Enjoyed yeah. it. I think I, actually, I think I preached a sermon like about zombies, and then you might need to do it again because I don't remember talking it. about <laughs> talking about Paul. You know, I've been crucified with Christ, so we're to live as dead people, and and that <clears throat> honestly. Kind of goes back to some other things we've been talking about, but it helps with our content or our contentment, you know, that, you know, it's not about what I can gain in this life. I'm dead to all this stuff. I'm, I'm not going to take all this stuff with me. And it also helps us in our witnessing. You know, a comic knows he's a fool. Mm-hmm. On purpose. On purpose. And Christians should know we're dead on purpose. So we're going to go out here and we're going to share the gospel whether you believe or whether you don't believe, I don't care. I'm just, I mean, I care, but I don't. You know, the results aren't up to me. I'm just out here doing what I, I'm just being a fool. I'm just doing my job. Um, and you'll take it or you won't. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. Exciting, exciting day.
Uh, speaking of exciting, it's 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 going to be a historic day on in your Audi uh, when we come back. And uh, have we done everything except closing with a hymn? We got to have a hymn. So. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great program. We're going to make history when we come back. Uh, we're going to stand and do our hymn like good church people do. We'll be back. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. Hey, thanks for being with us today. Uh, what a great program. Good talk in the middle. A good, serious talk, finally. And, uh, I don't know. Hope there's something in there you could use. and uh, There was stuff in there I could use. I like it when that happens. You know, at Mike the Baptist, uh, we're, we're all about trying to make uh, faith and Christianity and all this uh, churchy stuff more real and more uh, accessible to real people and trying to make you guys look real. And, and that's why uh, we end this program, even when we're not doing a preacher series. But it's, it's why we end this program with a hymn. Because throughout uh, the history of the church and faith, it's obvious that uh, people can't get together and talk about stuff like this without singing a hymn. It's just built into the system, and far be it from this program to buck the system. That's why we do a hymn at the end of every program. And uh, we make no apologies for using the Mike the Baptist hymnal because it is it, it is so good uh and i would venture to say that most of the good hymns of the of the world were written in the 70s i mean i'll put the 70s music up against any I'm music. partial to 80s, 80s and well now you will notice 60s. <clears throat> you will notice that we allow 80s and 60s in the mike the baptist some hymnal. of the 90s stuff is good too we haven't gone there yet uh We'll look into that. I've got a great one. Was Twisted Sister in the 90s? <laughs> 80s. Eight, that was 80s. Yes. Yeah. But you have a good one coming up? I, I think I've got a good one, yeah. Well, we'll be ready for it. Uh, is it in the Mike the Baptist hymnal? It is. It has to be, or you wouldn't have brought it up. So, Okay. Well, this is a, this is one that... Uh, it's an oldie, but a good It's a really old one, uh, a good one. I mean, I'm sure they sang this on ships back before there were cars and stuff. I mean, it's that good. I don't think they sing it on the Titanic. Uh, this is probably not the one they leaned over the <laughs> over the railing this, and sung. This podcast is sinking as well. This podcast is sinking fast, so we're going to sing the hymn and get out of here and go home. Uh, stand if you if you're in your car driving and you want to stand and sing this with us. Stand if you feel if like you have to stand when you're singing a church hymn, then you just do what you got to do. How, Mechanically speaking, how does one stand while driving? We're not we're not in charge of that. Okay, we're just uh, like like the preachers are just equipping the people. That's all we're doing. <laughs> we're, we're just equipping you. You got a cute way of talking. You got the better of me. Just snap your fingers and I'm walking like, like a dog hanging on your leash. I'm in a spin, you know, shaking on a string, you know. You make me feel like dancing. I want to dance the night away. You make me feel like dancing. I'm going to dance the night away. You make me feel like dancing. 
I feel like dancing, dancing, dancing out of way. I feel like dancing, dancing, dancing out of way. Well, anyway. Uh, okay, I don't know what to say about Capital that. Capital Records, was, uh, you can find us and contact us for the, your next record. Uh, just look us up on Mike the Baptist. Yeah, good luck uh, trying to find that. Hey, uh, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, see you next time. We just Christians. Try not to cuss. Mike the Baptist. Mm-hmm.